Coaching Podcast, bringing you the best ideas from the game's brightest minds. I'm your host, John Leonzo, and today I will also be the one uh, giving all the content for the show. I'm in season, other coaches that I would speak with are also in season, and so we're all busy, it's hard to find time. So for the next couple months, what the podcast will be, uh, basically it'll be me talking about various topics from offensive development, uh, developing an offensive system, skill development like I'm going to talk about today, and just sharing what we do with our team, what I believe in coaching, what's worked well for me, and hopefully you can still get some good value from that content. Before I do dive in and talk about our topic today, which is developing a skill development philosophy and program, I want to quickly encourage you to check out my website, leonzobasketball.com. On that site, you're going to see a lot of what I believe about skill development in action via video. The drills that I like to use, the teaching points I like to give, um, and basically it'll serve as a really nice guide to this podcast audio today. So it's leonzobasketball.com, L-E-O-N-Z-O basketball.com. Go ahead and check it out. And now to our topic today, which is developing a skill development philosophy. Like any other area of the game, skill development really is all about having a plan and being organized and doing your work early. And so the very first thing that I think is vital in developing a skill development philosophy and program for your team is just number one, to be organized. And essentially what that means is you're figuring out what you want to teach and how you want to go ahead and teach it. And kind of the way that you develop that system is to first and foremost just think about, we'll use the offensive end as an example, uh, how you want to play as a team. What does a perfect possession look like? So you're watching that in your head. You're imagining your team operating at the highest level on that end of the floor. And then you just start making a list of what are the skills the players are using, uh, what your teaching points are, and then how you're going to teach that. And that process should actually take some time. So if you're a team that is uh, like a dribble drive team, you need to be thinking of, okay, what are the passes we're throwing, the moves we're using to get to the basket, the various finishes, um, both from an individual standpoint and also just the team skills that are needed to develop that. As soon as you have that philosophy or that plan rather developed on paper and that list, um, then you need to even zoom out a little bit further and just make sure that the way that you're going to present and teach those skills is in line with the fastest and most uh, scientifically backed, so to speak, way to train a player. And what I mean by that simply is there's three parts to skill development that are really important if you're going to help players train the whole skill and train the whole person. And so often when people hear skill development, they think of physical hard skills, shooting, passing, dribbling, and often that's done in an isolated context away from the defender. Um, But in my mind, true skill development is when you combine the technique of those things that I just listed along with decision-making skills. And the reason why that's important is because in the game, players are making numerous decisions and they're only applying those techniques after making decisions in the first place. Um, So in my mind, true skill development involves decision-making and teaching the technical skill. And so what that looks like whenever I'm developing a practice plan for a skill development workout is I'm literally at the top of my sheet. The very first thing I'm doing is I'm writing down what skill do I want to train today and then what decisions I'm going to train along with that. And that serves as the guide that I can kind of formulate my entire practice plan around there. Um, And again, the reason for that is in any true skill, there's three aspects to it. The player has to read the situation, they have to plan to use the skill, and they finally have to execute what that skill actually is. Um, And so it's reading, planning, doing. Oftentimes people just hear skill development and they think about the doing part where you're just doing the skill, but those first two of reading and planning have to be trained and I'll kind of lay out how that actually happens. 
in my mind, offensive basketball is really about being good at two different decisions, uh, at least early, and then we can branch on from there. But the first decision that we want our players to be really good at is simply the decision of when I catch the ball, should I shoot it, should I drive it, or should I swing it? And so as you look at that decision from a zoomed-out macro view, there's a lot of things that have to happen for the player to have all three of those options available. And so for us, where that starts, it starts with footwork. We want our players to catch with their feet in the air a little wider than shoulder width. As soon as their feet hit the ground, the ball hits their hands. They then step in with their right foot because we have a, we, we teach left foot pivot. So their right foot steps in, the ball moves up into their shot pocket, and that's our triple threat area. And from that spot, we can shoot, we can drive, and we can pass the ball. So when we teach our passes, all of our passes are stepping with the right foot and passing with whatever hand is in the direction of the pass. Um, Our shooting footwork, obviously, I just described, and then our drives are the same. Our right foot is always the first step. It's a direct drive or an open step where I go with my right hand. If I'm going left, I'm stepping across my body. We call that a crossover step, and then driving left. So our player development and how we teach the actual hard skill starts by figuring out, okay, well, what we want the players to have the foundation to make these three decisions uh, right off the catch. And then the other thing that we're trying to train with that uh, away from that hard skill is just the decision-making of we want that decision to shoot, drive, or swing it to be made within one second. We don't want to catch and hold the basketball. And so uh, from there, then we begin to develop drills and our drills all follow the same pattern of T, L, and C. And I got this from PGC. Tyler Costin shared it with me a couple of years ago. And it certainly has stuck. The T stands for teaching. The L stands for learning. And then the C stands for competing. And I think that this framework is a really good way to go ahead and uh, present skills in a way that players can remember them, use them in game-like situations, and ultimately spend the majority of their time competing. So let me break that down a little bit. The T stands for teaching, so we're going to start with a teaching drill. And so going back to my example of how we catch the ball and how we play in, quote-unquote, what we would call triple threat, not the traditional triple threat, um, we're, that's simply the player, one on O, coach passing the ball to them, working on that footwork, and the coach would dictate their decision. Okay, Sally, this time you're going to catch it and shoot. This time you're going to catch it and swing it. This time you're going to catch it and drive it right. This time you're going to catch it and drive it left. And we spend a very, 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 very small amount of time there. Basically, that's just served as an intro for me to present the skill to the player, a quick check so I can see the player understands it and isn't totally off in left field. But as soon as they have just the smallest baseline version of understanding of what that skill is, then we move right over into the L phase, which is a learning drill. And so now what that means is the player is going to use the skill that we just taught them uh, versus a guided defender. And that could be me, it could be another player, but now let's say the same drill players at the top of the key, I have the ball, I flip the ball to that player. Um, They don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to give them basically a binary read. So two options, A or B. Um, Either I'm going to close out hard and you're going to drive it, or I'm going to go ahead and close out short and you're going to shoot it. And so now we're starting to frame the decision for them and they're starting to get a feel for why we're teaching what we're teaching. Um, So for us, again, with decision making, it starts from that shooting footwork on the catch. It starts from planning to shoot and then everything else is a reaction. So now as we're doing this drill versus the guided defense, I can see 
Okay, perfect. She's catching it. She's shot ready. I'm off of her, and she shoots it. And then another player goes, and this time this player tries to drive, but sees I'm off of them, and they stutter, and that's not really playing how we want to play. And so I can start to frame their decision-making and their skill together by using me as a guided defender. And again, we spend a little bit of time there, but then where we spend the most amount of time is in the C phase, which stands for competing. And that is a drill done against live defense uh, with certain constraints and boundaries and drills that are designed to bring out the skill and encourage them to use the skill that we are teaching that day. So again, going uh, with the idea of playing off the catch using our footwork, uh, we play a lot of two-pass one-on-one. And again, I think I have videos of this on my site, but this would be a defender under the rim with the ball, me at the top of the key, the offensive player on the wing. The player underneath the hoop throws me the ball and begins to close out to the wing. I throw the ball to the player on the wing, and I can be another player too. Like You can put a player in the passing spot if you have that many people for your workout. And once the offense catches the ball, turns right into live one-on-one. You can restrict how much space they have to play in. You can restrict how many dribbles they have, and then you can begin to teach even different finishes at the rim through that game as well. Uh, I like to pass one-on-one with the coach passing uh, because even though I don't pass in the game, I can kind of dictate the advantage the offense is going to have based on how quickly I throw them the ball, and I can help frame decision-making and frame the practice to go in the direction I want it to go because I am involved in it, if that makes sense. So that's the first decision we want to get really good at, and that's kind of the teaching process or the practice process that we use for every single skill that we teach. The second decision that we want players to be really good at is now when they're driving the ball, should they score at the rim or should they pass the ball back out to the perimeter? And uh, in order to do that, we start to then teach finishing. And so you have, there's six finishes that we teach. We teach a reach with the outside hand, a reach with the inside hand, a reverse layup, a power layup off two feet, a step through layup off two feet, and a back pivot to escape pressure off of two feet. So it's three finishes off one leg, three finishes off two feet uh, whenever we need to be powerful instead of fast. And so when we go to teach those finishes, it's not just the technique of the finishes that we're actually teaching, but we're also teaching those decision-making aspects of if help comes, I'm getting rid of the ball. Then you get into all your passing skills as well. And what starts happening is the players are able to work on multiple skills at the same time to stack learning on top of each other. So they're learning in a more meaningful way. You're also getting more done in a shorter amount of time, and you're able to save time and keep the players engaged. So... That's what uh, that would look like with those two decisions. Now, how do we teach decision two? What are some of the different drills that we do? Well, again, we would start with finishing one on O, just getting really good at the different finishes that we have presented to the team, those six solutions. Um, And some general teaching points we have within those six solutions for finishing There's really no absolutes with finishing because you need to be able to finish based on where defenders are, how fast you're going, where the ball is, where the help is. So we just try to teach more in principles. And the very first principle is we always want to keep the ball away from our primary defender. So as I'm driving to the rim, if I'm driving right, there's a defender on my left. I don't want the ball crossing my belly button and moving over to the left side of my body where they can go ahead and get a hand on the ball and make a play. So I want to pick the ball up or gather the ball on the right side of my body as I'm driving right, the left side of my body as I'm driving left. Now, what does that look like? Practically speaking, well, some of our players will just gather the ball with one hand. They'll drive it going left, they'll scoop it with their left hand, and they'll score off one leg, one hand, without their right hand even hitting the ball. And I'm okay with that because the ball's not crossing their stomach and it's not exposed to the, uh, to, to, to the defender. 
If I'm driving right, some of our other players will end up bringing their left hand across their body to the ball to pick it up on their right side and playing a little more quote-unquote fundamental. And I'm fine with that as well because we are not exposing the ball to that defender. So that's the very first kind of absolute or concept that we try to teach is pick the ball up away from the defense. Uh, The second one is just keeping our eyes on the rim all the time. And a lot of players are good at this, especially at the higher levels until they get contact. But contact is not an excuse to take your eyes off the rim. So as we're doing these different drills, one on uh, one versus one guided defense and one versus one live or competing, we're always emphasizing that players keep their eyes on the rim the entire time. And we use film as well to show that. So that's just a big emphasis. Um, the third one we try to emphasize is when you're driving, we want to be an aggressive driver early and hit the defense, hit my primary defender so I can play in straight lines. So if you're on my left hip, I'm driving right. I don't want to be unconfrontational and not make contact with you because if that happens, you're just going to make my drive turn into a big loop and I'm not going to have a good angle to take the layup. We want to try to, when I'm driving right, to get into the middle of the paint, and that's going to force me to make contact with my primary defender early. And so if they do get physical and push me out, I end up playing in a straight line and getting a simple right-hand layup. So hitting first is a big one. That also is stacked on with our next teaching point, which is basically body on, ball away. So anytime I'm going to go ahead and finish at the rim, based on where my primary defender is, I want to have a relationship all the time where it's my primary defender, my body, and then the ball outside. So my body is always the ball's shield. Never is the defender able to get to the ball without get going through me. And so, again, sometimes that looks like different things with different finishes, but we're always trying to establish that kind of a relationship. Number one, so we can shoot the ball uh, unaffected. And number two, so we get to the foul line more because those are really high-value shots for our team. And then the final kind of teaching point or concept that goes along with our finishing is to not miss short. And the reason for that is, number one, if the ball is above the cylinder bouncing around, there's a chance it could go in, even if it's not a perfect layup. Number two, with our rules for penetration and spacing and stuff, our big is always opposite, almost like in dribble drive. And so if I miss a layup long, uh, it's probably because their defender came over to help and it turns into a really good offensive rebounding opportunity. But if I miss it short... My defender and the help defender are battling me for the rebound, and that's probably not a battle that I'm going to win. So we want to make sure we're not missing short. Um, So again, that's kind of how we would teach finishing. And then the drills that we would use to go ahead and work on the decisions would first and foremost be drills playing against defense at a disadvantage in one-on-one. And the reason why we're doing that is because we want the offensive player to know do I have my man beat and I can play off one leg nice and fast, or do I need to play strong? off two feet because I have a smaller advantage at the rim. And so that could be any of the different finishing games I have listed on my website. There's video there for you to go check it out. Again, that's leonzobasketball.com, L-E-O-N-Z-O basketball.com. One of the ones we like to do a lot to get our players uh, where, again, the coach can kind of control the advantage is hand touch one-on-one. So check that video out on the site. Essentially how that works is the offensive player and defensive player are, are on the baseline. The offense is on the baseline closer to the sideline. The defense is on the baseline closer to the basket, and the offense has the ball. Me as the coach, I'm up at the three-point line uh, with my toes on it. The offense throws the ball to me, and I stick the ball in my outside hand, and I put my inside hand out. And so the offensive player grabs the ball and goes to the rim. The defensive player smacks my hand and then goes to play uh, defense in recovery. And so I like that drill because I can dictate based on my inside hand how much of a disadvantage I'm going to put the defender at. If my hand is closer, the defender has a a smaller disadvantage and can recover quicker, 
probably creating a scenario where the offense needs to play off two feet or use a reverse layup. If I put my hand way back, I'm going to make a bigger advantage for the offense where they want to play fast off one leg. And then from that one drill, then you can start to load in two on two, three on three with help defenders and now work on that decision of, okay, I know I have my man beat, but now help comes over. And so I need to go ahead and kick the ball. And so again, everything kind of stacks on top of one another and we're using the process of teaching, learning, and competing to guide players' decisions. And we also have a good idea of what those decisions are that we're trying to teach. And the workout, the drills, and everything that we're doing kind of falls right into that. So there's a lot of ways to do that. And you can also get creative and design those drills based around the framework of your offense. The last thing I want to add in with making your player development program is you need to be showing them good examples of execution being done. And you need to uh, help your players understand that you're not striving for perfect technique. You're striving for results. And so a lot of times the things that we get uh, hung up on as coaches, as teachers, as trainers is that perfect technique. And we're not actually diagnosing the problem. An example of that that I see a lot is in shooting. Um, Pretty much every coach will just yell at a player when they miss a shot, use your legs. Um, But a lot of times legs aren't the problem. So helping players understand as you're teaching skills how they can kind of coach themselves and self-correct based on the data that they're getting, whether the ball's going in or out. And I'll use shooting as an example. A lot of things impact shooting, but some of the really big ones, number one is balance. Uh, Number two is power. And then number three is just what what finger the ball is coming off of that normally dictates direction the most. And so if a player is missing left and right, left and right, I can't tell them to use their their legs because I'm not accurately helping diagnose the problem. I'm not making sure that I'm giving them accurate coaching. If the ball is moving left or right, it probably has more to deal with where the ball is coming off of their hand and less to do with how much legs they're actually using. Um, so again, I think just trying to give players different cues and helping understand what they're looking for, what you're looking for, so players can coach themselves and you can be giving the most beneficial feedback really does matter. Additionally, talking about feedback, a key thing to my skill development philosophy and what I think helps our players understand, learn, and eventually coach themselves and each other is to use questioning as a means to teach. And so when we're doing some of those different advantage drills, I try not to direct a whole lot of their decision making, but rather I try to ask questions about what they see and then how they reacted. And that allows the players to dialogue with me. I can kind of get in their head and I can kind of lead them to discovering answers and information for themselves, which ultimately helps that learning be a little deeper embedded and a little more effective. So that's how I approach skill development from a really zoomed out standpoint. It all starts with a plan of knowing what I want to teach, how I want to teach it, then the, the decisions that are needed to do that really well. And then lastly, building drills that encourage not just technical development, but also decision-making development and trying to marry those two things within a team concept and using feedback, questioning as a means to go ahead and promote further player learning. So it's a simple system. It's one that I've stolen bits and pieces of from a lot of coaches smarter than myself to develop, and I'm always adding to it, but it's written down, it's on paper, and it serves as a good guide for me so I can be efficient and know what I want to get done, how I want to get it done, and help our players learn quicker, faster, and more effectively. So hope you enjoyed that. Hope there was something to take away from it. Again, a lot of the video examples of what that looks like are on the website, leonzobasketball.com. If you have questions and want to dialogue with me, things you like, things you didn't like, where I was right, where I was wrong, 
hit me up on Twitter. It's at J-O-H-N underscore L-E-O-N-Z-O. Would love to dialogue with you there. If I'm slow getting back to you, it's because it's really busy right now. But again, I want to help coaches. So many coaches have helped me in my career up to this point, and I want to make sure I'm giving back as well. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you listening. This is the Full Time Out Podcast hosted by John Leonzo. Take care, and we'll hear from you again. You'll hear from me again, rather, in two weeks. Take care. Take care.